Really? That's your play from the two-yard line, Jimbo? On this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. So please go over there and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you're listening on the audio side. And on Saturday night, the Texas A&M Aggies went to Tuscaloosa, Alabama and took on the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide at Bryant-Denny Stadium. In what became essentially a battle of backup quarterbacks, the Aggies gave Alabama everything that they could handle. And Alabama did everything that they could do to try to keep A&M in the game and give A&M the opportunity to win the game. What kind of stuff is that? They missed two field goals. They met, they fumbled three times, all of which were recovered by A&M, and they threw an interception um, to, Jar, uh, to Jarden Gilbert. Jalen Milrow started at quarterback for the Crimson Tide, and while he brought an unbelievable running threat, paired with Jameer Gibbs especially, he absolutely did not bring anywhere near the passing threat that a guy like Bryce Young brings. Jalen Milrow finished 12 of 19 with one interception for 111 yards and three touchdowns and was sacked four times. Two of those were sack fumbles, as we mentioned before. The Aggies lost this game, A, because they couldn't build any real consistency on offense. Tell me if you've heard that somewhere before. And B, because of the fact that Alabama ran for 326 yards, net of 288. They had a few, especially Jalen Milrow, had some losses because of sacks and plays like that. That's how college football accounts for the statistic. So they ran for 288 net yards in the game. They averaged five and a half yards per carry. Jameer Gibbs had 21 carries and averaged 7.3 yards per carry. That's why AM lost the game, pure and simple. Jalen Milrow could not do nearly enough through the air to beat AM if AM could have stopped the run, and they just couldn't. And at this point, this is a trend that we've seen over the course of multiple weeks. It goes all the way back to Appalachian State when Appalachian State was able to just churn out four and five and six yard runs when they needed to. But even with all that going on, Haynes King, who you know I've been critical of in this avenue as well as you know on Cowboys Wire or not Cowboys Wire, excuse me, Aggies Wire. Haynes King finishes twenty-five for forty-six with for two hundred and fifty-three yards, two touchdowns, and one interception in a game where he was running for his life 
from Will Anderson and the rest of the Alabama cat pass rush. And still, with all that going on, down 24 to 20, the last minute and a half or minute or so of the game, and somehow Haynes King drives AM down the field. Evan Stewart makes an unbelievable contested catch on the sideline, takes the ball away from two defenders to secure the ball, gets a foot down, completed catch, unbelievable play by the true freshman, real true honest coming out party for Evan Stewart in this game. And a lot of the other freshmen as well, as we wrote about over at Aggies Wire today, actually. And when AM drove down the field, Haynes King takes a shot to the end zone. It gets intercepted, but there's a pass interference penalty in the end zone on against tight end Donovan Green. The defender grabs onto him as the ball's in the air. Overthrown ball, interception, pass interference, first down and goal at the two-yard line with three seconds left. There's been a lot of Evidence shown on social media that there may have been a little bit of home cooking in terms of the clock management and the clock running in that scenario. There's a replay out there that shows the Alabama player with the ball in his possession and his knee on the ground at seven seconds left in the game. And AM somehow snapped the ball at three seconds left in the game when they snapped the ball first and goal at the two yard line. Four seconds magically disappeared from from time without you know Dr. Stephen Strange made an exper- an appearance with his uh time stone and made 4 seconds disappear but you get first and goal at the 2 in a game where you haven't been able to protect your quarterback really at all Haynes King ran for his life all night so many of the biggest plays they made on the night were Haynes bailing out of the pocket making a throw down the sideline to one of his players and that's how they got down there with the, the Evan Stewart catch, like I mentioned before. And somehow, Jimbo Fisher calls a play that winds up being a one-on-one sort of 50-50 ball at the pylon to a true freshman. And Haynes King overthrows him because he's running for his life because there's instant pressure. Haynes King overthrows the ball. Ball goes incomplete. Aggies lose 24 to 20. And the crazy part, the scary part about that to me is that first and goal at the two with three seconds left on the clock needing to score a touchdown is essentially a two-point conversion. And when you build your game plan for the week for a game, you build in a couple of these two-point plays because you never know when you're going to have to go for two Most of the time when you have to go for two, it's a really high leverage situation, especially for a coach like Jimbo Fisher, who's not going to push the envelope or for a team like A&M because of the way their defense plays, they're not going to push the envelope in terms of going for two a whole bunch of times and all that kind of stuff because their defense isn't going to give up a ton of points. Even if they give up a ton of yardage rushing, they've proven now weeks through the season that with the exception of the game against Mississippi State, which also featured a special teams touchdown and an interception return for a touchdown by Mississippi State, they're not going to give up more than 20, 24 points in a game. 
So when you go into these games, you've got, you should have one or two gotta have it two-point conversion plays. What can we run at the two-yard line that we know we can get in the end zone with? And they said after the game that the play call was essentially the same play call that they called earlier in the game from inside the five when Moose Muhammad scored the touchdown. Haynes King hit him on the on a little out route against the coverage for a touchdown. And they called the same play. So either that was the only two-point type play that you had called or that you had on your call sheet for the whole game, the only play you felt good about getting in, and that's why you called it twice in that scenario. Or you didn't have a two-point plan, which is terrifying. And I'm not sure which one is worse. That that's the play that you thought, if we've got to gotta have it down at the one or two-yard line, this is what we're running. I can understand them not running the football there. Devon A. Chain is their best player on offense. Absolutely. But in that scenario, if you try to run the ball there and you don't get in the end zone, I think you got to put the ball in the quarterback's hands and let him make a decision. The hard part is the quarterback was running for his life. you got to come up with something better than just a straight three-step drop-back pass without motion before the snap, without any of that kind of stuff, no misdirection going on, none of that kind of stuff. Line up, snap it from the shotgun, one-step drop, throw the ball on a on a what should what looked like it was some sort of a back shoulder fade attempt to a true freshman who yes played phenomenal had a great game but that can't that can't be your play there it just can't but you know what should be your play is simply safe the numbers don't lie in the last decade over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your security is your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why we love Simply Safe. 24/7 professional monitoring where Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and de- dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection. With sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Check those out on your phone, by the way, in the Simply Safe app. Fantastic service. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real instead of when the wind is blowing a tree outside your window. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Simply Safe's monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no place, no safe like Simply Safe. 
I have been extremely critical in this outlet and in others on Twitter at Aggies Wire of the way the game feels and looks when Haynes King is playing quarterback for this team. And it continued to feel and look that way throughout most of the game against Alabama. There were some exceptions, and we're going to get into those some exceptions later into the week as we talk about, you know, how do you build this offense going forward for the rest of 2022 um, if Haynes King is going to be your quarterback? We already talked about should Haynes King be your quarterback going forward? Um, but the level of discomfort was driven really by what was going on on the offensive line. We lost Jordan Moko to injury last week against Mississippi State, had surgery, more than likely done for the year. So you already had to have, you already had an injury at left guard. Then Trey Zoon has to miss with an injury against Alabama. And you take what was already a young and inexperienced left side of your offensive line, and you turn that over into another group of young relatively inexperienced players with Aki Ogumbi and Matt Wyckoff playing left tackle and left guard. Now, Matt Wyckoff had played center for the first couple of weeks of the season and was replaced by Bryce Foster after a couple of weeks once Bryce was healthy. But you had a very, very inexperienced left side of your offensive line that was not even your first offensive line on the left side. If you're inexperienced, but that's the best group you've got, throw them out there. But that wasn't the best group A&M has, but that was the best group A&M had healthy. And they went into this game with an attempted way too many straight drop back three and five step drops from the shotgun. I don't know how Jimbo expected this team to protect up front with all that going on, especially considering they hadn't protected all that well going into this this game as it is. They struggled with Mississippi State, even with Trey Zoon at left tackle and with Moko at tackle for most of the game or for part of the game. Left guard, excuse me. And yet that was still the plan. And again, it goes back to the whole two-point plan, two-point play. That was your plan. You had all week, all year, really, everybody's been talking about and planning for this game for a long time. And that was the plan you went into this game with. We're going to put our quarterback in shotgun. We're going to drop. We're going to run a bunch of delayed handoffs and expect this offensive line to be able to block this front up and gain significant yardage on the ground. And then when we're not doing that, we're going to drop straight back in the shotgun, run three and five step drops and expect our quarterback to make quick, precise, efficient decisions and make really tight window throws against good coverage against a really good Alabama defense. And it just wasn't good enough. And nobody should have been surprised that the plan wasn't good enough. And it's starting to become the, it's become a talking point over the course of the last couple of weeks. Does Jimbo Fisher need to bring in 
an outside offensive coordinator to run this offense for A&M? And is that the remedy to this problem that it sort of feels like it's developing where you have this offensive head coach who calls the plays, who has an offense that's significantly underperforming? They're one of the worst offenses in college football. While they have one of the best running backs in college football on their team. Very difficult to do. But that was the plan. We're going to come in. We're going to drop back. Three and five step drops. And we're going to try to drive down the field. Not surprisingly, it wasn't successful. As AM goes forward, they're going to have to change the approach on offense, regardless of who's playing quarterback, whether they go to Connor Wigman or they stick with Haynes King. And the conversation continues to be hey, we just got to execute. We got to execute. We got to execute. And yes, that's true. The players have to execute the plays that are called. But it falls on the coach to make the types of calls that put their players in position to succeed. And that's got to be the whole conversation for this offense moving forward. Is is this offensive system putting the players, a very young team, we all acknowledge that, bunch of true freshmen running around there, freshman tight ends playing, freshman wide receivers playing, sophomore wide receivers playing, sophomore quarterbacks, freshman quarterback maybe at some point. Got to put them in position to succeed. If you want to put yourself in position to succeed, Bet Online is your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. When we get to the defensive side of the ball, this Alabama team was going to run the football. They were going to run it a lot. With Jalen Milrow playing quarterback, they were going to run it a ton. You knew you had to be ready for it. But they have the wide receiver weapons. They're young. They don't have, you know, they don't have Jameson Williams and those guys walking through the door right now. But they've got a lot of talent at wide receiver. And you could have and should have seen it coming. So even though you knew that the wide receiver or that the running game was coming, you would rather give up yards on the ground than through the air. But you have a freshman quarterback, or you have a young quarterback, inexperienced. You think, hey, let's make this guy beat us with his arm. And they couldn't do it. If AM would have been able to force Jalen Milrow to beat AM with his arm, they would not have won the game. AM would have beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa, even with the offensive performance that they got. Because especially in the first half, when he, they asked him to throw the ball, it was it was a mess. And it was a mess because it was a, it's a big atmosphere, his first full game, A&M's a good team, 
They cranked the pass rush up this game. Badil Diggs had a phenomenal game. And A&M couldn't stop the run, so they couldn't make them throw the ball more than 19 times in the game. I mean, Alabama ran the ball 51 times. 51. At some point, you just got to put everybody at the line of scrimmage and say, beat me over the top. And prove to me you can do it consistently. And they weren't able to do it. They just couldn't get it done defensively, stopping the run. And every time it felt like they had an opportunity to get it done, stopping the run, they broke off a huge run. 15, 20, 25 yards. 37 yards for Jameer Gibbs with his long. He was phenomenal in the game. Jameer Gibbs was unbelievable on the ground. He's going to go to the league next year, and he's going to be phenomenal. Absolutely. He's not going to get picked as high as he might should be because of the position he plays, but his impact in year one at the league level is going to be phenomenal next year. Great game. Exciting game. A&M wasn't able to pull it out, but they absolutely went in there and gave Alabama their best shot. And I think for a lot of these true freshmen, a lot of these young players, this is sort of going to be the game that raises their expectations for themselves. We can go out there and do this against Alabama. We can give Alabama this game. We have to play better on a week-to-week basis. And I think, and I hope, Maybe this is the the A&M fan in me. I hope that we will start to see that develop into more consistency as we get through the second half of the year coming off the bye week this week. That's the show for today, guys. Thanks for sticking with me as we review and recap this game against Alabama. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnAggies. You can find the show on YouTube. Please check us out on YouTube. Subscribe there, like the videos, comment, hit the notification bell so you get notified when we release a new video. And find us on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a five-star rating and a review there as well. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. Now that you've done that, go check out host Chris Gordy on Locked On SEC. Make that your second listen every day. Chris is going to take you around the SEC in 30 minutes or less with some help from the local experts of the Locked On Network. Thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow. We're going to talk about how this offense can change in the last half of the year to improve the efficiency and improve the output. I've got some ideas. You'll want to tune in for that one. We will see you tomorrow.